There is more going on than you know. There are unseen universal forces at work. The law of attraction is just one universal law that plays a part in shaping your reality. But there's so much more to know. If you knew how to engage all the universal forces, you could deliberately create the life of your dreams. Joshua, a group of non-physical teachers, explains the laws of the universe and how the mechanisms of physical reality actually work. They are channeled by Gary Temple Bodley, and each week, Gary and a group of students discuss how they are affecting and enhancing their lives every single day. This is the expansion of the Law of Attraction. This is the teachings of Joshua Roundtable. We're thrilled you're here. Hi, everyone. Before we start this exciting episode today, I just want to tell you a little bit more about Joshua's Unlimited Abundance Bootcamp. We have now been doing three boot camps. We're getting ready for our fourth one coming up in July. And it is unquestionably the most life-changing thing I've ever witnessed or been a part of. I'm now going to be taking my fifth boot camp. This boot camp was channeled in December of 2018. We had the first boot camp on January 4th. The second one started January or February 7th. And the third one started in April. The fourth one is starting July 8th, and you have a chance to get in on this now. Simply send me an email to joshuateachings at gmail.com, and I will send you some information, and we'll have a conversation about it. You can talk to me directly about this, as well as any other previous bootcamp member. There's been about 50 who have gone through, and every single one of them has had some kind of life-changing experience as a result of the bootcamp. It is unlike anything you've ever seen before. It's a eight-week intensive course that we take together as a group. We go into it during week one. Everyone has a coach. There's reading material. There's homework. There's assignments to do every week. We have coaching calls. We have special Joshua Lives. And it all culminates in an eight-week intensive kind of process. It takes you from wherever you are now vibrationally, and it moves you step-by-step, week-by-week, to a completely new idea of what life is all about, what you're all about, how the system of physical reality actually works, what the laws of the universe are, and it teaches you how to engage in those laws to become the most effective and less limited version that you've ever been. Once you do this, once you become effective in understanding how to work with the laws of the universe, as opposed to how we all did it before, including me, how we were sort of living in opposition of how the system works. You step into your true power. You receive the keys that engage the law of attraction. Keys that you may have understood them to some extent, But because of this process, it's an active participation process, you realize how the system works. You realize what you were doing to limit yourself, and you simply drop those limitations. You become highly effective. So the next boot camp starts early July. We're getting everyone ready to go. There should be about 50 or 60 people in this boot camp. You can be in this boot camp too. But you have to send me an email joshuateachings at gmail.com, 
and you have to talk to me about it. Make sure you're ready. Make sure that this is something for you. We'll have a conversation. I'll explain it to you in detail, and we'll go from there. Don't let your fear stop you. If you have some inkling that you want to move in the direction of who you are, if you want to find your soul's purpose and develop yourself as an effective co-creator with the universe to create the life you truly desire, the life that I have found, the life that others have found, well, join us. All it takes is a simple email to me to get the process started, and we'll go from there. But push past your fear and send me an email to joshuateachings at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to this, and enjoy our episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Law of Attraction Roundtable. I'm your host, Gary Temple Bodley. Today, we have another fun Joshua and Friends episode, and I'm here with David Strickle. David channels the stream. Hey, David, how's it going? It's going well. My voice is sort of back, not 100%, but it's as long as I keep it in this lower register like this. Yeah, it sounds deep. I can speak, so if only I could <laughs> sing, I would sound like very white, but I'll just speak. <laughs> Excellent. Good. All right. Well, today we're going to talk about love. Love, you know, one of the main topics of this, how do we express more love? How do we attract love? How do we cultivate this feeling of love? How do we get the love we think we need? How do we change our whole perspective of what love is? As Josh would say, love equals acceptance. When you love your neighbor, you're not hugging and kissing your neighbor. You're accepting your neighbor as they are. You're accepting your government as it is. You're accepting all the people in your life as they are. Cultivating this acceptance will create this life of love everyone is based in love. We're all based in love. The universe is based in love. The whole system is love. We tend to create these false desires based in fear. And fear is just part of human experience, but we're all moving from fear to love. When we get on that love side of the fence, we then gauge, engage all the powers of the universe and create the lives we truly want. And so this is an expansive idea, and we'll talk about Genevieve's question, and both Joshua and the stream have answered that question, and we get to see different perspectives. So what does Joshua say, I mean, sorry, what does the stream say about this idea of love? Well, the stream is always talking about how, and this is very much rooted in their answer, how we are freedom-seeking beings, and we are loving beings. We are love at our core. Source is love at its core, and we know that. And we come here seeking love. We want to love, and we want to be loved. But because we live in a polarized, contrasting environment of planet Earth, there's going to be contrast with all of that. And part of our contrast as humanity is that we've gone through this society-building phase for many, many years on planet Earth, and we've allowed our leaders to define what love is, especially romantic love. And that really obviously messes things up with us because it doesn't work the way that it's supposed to in most cases. You're supposed to you know, grow up and meet someone and fall in love and be with that person forever. And that's what being in love is. And you're supposed to love your family. And they're supposed to love you. And in a perfect world, that's what's going on but we're not in a perfect world. We're in a polarized world and we always will be as long as we're physical and understanding 
that we need to think beyond what we're told to believe and we're taught to believe and that love is ever evolving and vibrational, just like everything else. And you're going to meet somebody and really resonate with them and fall in love with them, either as a friend or a romantic interest. And it's not always just going to be the same and you're not going to be able to control their emotion at all. Right. And that's the cool part of all of this. That's our contrast is that we do that. And, and I've got a lot of my own personal stuff to share with that as well as we get into this. Yes, me too. So yeah, you know, the idea of up and down that spiral is that when you are up and down that spiral, you get to see the subject of love from both ends of the spectrum. When you fall in love with somebody, you are way up the spiral. And it's like, it's natural. It feels like, why aren't we always up there all the time? And then when you're breaking up with that same person years later, you're way down the spiral because you perceive it as being wrong. And imagine growing up in a society that tells you that the goal of all of this love is to find one person and to be with that person for your entire life. And if you do that, you're successful. And if you don't do that, you're a failure. And this totally contradicts how true love is. Joshua talks about a natural world, a world free from the fears of our society and the constructs of that whole institution, and says, if you were living in a natural world, free from fear, you would naturally love everyone. You would naturally accept everyone, not romantically always, but in different terms. If you were on a you know, deserted island with one person that you know, you and there were no fears, you didn't have to, you know, you weren't starving, you had everything you needed, you would naturally love that person. That's our basis, base point. There's um was a great reality show. And um, I can't remember what it's called. It was only on for one season. And this is the problem with that show. So they put all these people in this compound, 20 people in a compound, and they had the basics there. They had a bathroom. They had a shelter, no bedrooms or anything. They had $5,000 to start out with. They had a cell phone, and they could order whatever they wanted from the outside world. They could have their groceries delivered and all that stuff. And so at first, everyone's happy and getting along, and then soon the money starts to run out, and they start fighting like crazy. And then someone comes up with the idea and says they realize that they're on TV now, so they could put an ad in the paper and say, come for the weekend or come for Saturday and experience what it's like to be in this compound. And they had cooking demonstrations and yoga and different things. And they charged, I don't know, 50 bucks a person or something. And they had hundreds of people come. So now they're flush with money and now they all fall in love with each other. There's no conflict at all. They are having the best time. They are literally in nirvana. And, of course, there's no conflict, and so there's no show, so it's canceled. But it just shows you that take out the fear, and people will come together naturally. And it's funny because the fear is never when the money runs out. It's the fear as the money is running out, right. starts to build, and then the conflict starts. And, you know, it's, it's, we believe that money solves everything, and on some level, it does in our world, but it's just an interesting thing when, when people, you know, it's the fear of not having it that is the problem. And when you remove the problem, then everything is fine. Yeah. 
remove the problem, remove the fear that money does flow and there's nothing to be fearful of. And so in a way, money does buy happiness. Yeah. But you have to be an allowing of it and not needing it. Right. When you're needing it, you're missing it and you're sending to the universe the fact that you don't have it and you're living in fear because you believe you need it. When you stop needing it and stop wanting it and stop fearing it, then it flows in. And then, yeah, you're happy because then you can you have the freedom that we seek. Yeah. Because it buys freedom. And a lot of times, you know, when I'm on talking about money, uh, especially in, in some things that are not my channel that people really know who this, what the stream is all about, spiritual people can get really offended when you talk about money and happiness because they've been sort of programmed that money is evil and money is bad and we're spiritual and we shouldn't want money and we shouldn't want things and we should go live in a hut somewhere and just meditate all day. Right. We're in a physical environment and the physical things that we discern as our preference are expressions of source, including a Rolls Royce, if you want that. Yeah. You know, there's nothing evil in wanting money and wanting things, but it has to be from the, the high vibrational place of understanding that we're here to experience physical and that money is, is a facilitator of that. Yeah. We'll leave with that. Well, Josh, what we'll say on that point is there's two, two parts of that. One is that you only get what you need. And so if you're leave, living a limited life, then a bundle of money doesn't make sense for that limited ex experience of life. If you are pushing the boundaries of doing something, then the money will have to come or, or the help or whatever to facilitate whatever you're needing to do. And so the, the way you engage abundance is by pushing the boundaries of what you're doing. Do more. Uh, go out of your comfort zone more and whatever you need to do that will come. The problem is people don't see it that way, and so they live under their means or they live in fear of not having enough, and so they try and skimp and save here and there. And yeah, it's just enough. You always get just, just enough, enough. In that scenario yeah. to get the things that you believe. Everyone ends up where they believe, right? That's how, right. especially the middle class. They believe they're going to have these things, and the money comes around to facilitate those things, and they want more, but they don't believe they can have more. So they don't get more. Yeah, because they perceive that abundance is can only come from limited sources and in limited ways. And there's certain ways that abundance can come that are good, like working really hard. Is oh yeah, you gotta you, you gotta work really hard, Gary. Yeah, you gotta work really hard, and you gotta, you gotta do and hustle. Yeah, you gotta struggle and effort your way, and that's a good way to to earn. See, if you earn, hate your job too, if you hate your job, even better, really earning your money. <laughs> but yeah, earn just that word earn. It means that you deserved the money because you did something for it. And that is um, probably the most limiting way to, to think about abundance. You naturally receive everything you need to do whatever you need. And so you earn it just by being alive and doing whatever you're interested in doing. It's your birthright. You have access to it always. And so, hey, if it's a credit card, fine. If it is a loan, fine. If you find it on the street, fine. Whatever it is. If you win it, fine. However it comes to you. So the more that comes to you, the more you get comfortable with it coming in all different ways, shapes, and forms, the easier it is to step outside your comfort zone. The second part of this is you can't see what's coming next. You know, I had no idea how I was going to make a living 
being in this house in North Carolina. There's no poker here. There's no real estate here. I just had faith that something was going to come. Then I met you. We talked about boot camp. I channeled a boot camp the next day, started it. And then the boot camp. Now I, I earn, I earn, I receive what I need. <laughs> I receive what I need doing what I'm passionate about and expanding the knowledge of universal laws and what this reality is all about through this boot camp, which I could never have seen coming. So, you know, meeting you was this synchronistic event. When I met you, my whole, you know, you lit up to me and that's what happens now is people light up to me. And so everything you said, I absorbed. And then I would, and then I came into a place of vibrational, um, you know, vicinity of a course. And then the course flowed through. But I had to meet you in order for that to happen because you had to raise my vibration on that level that I, I even saw the possibility of that. And without you, I would not have seen that, you know. And so here it is. I couldn't have foreseen the boot camp, but I had faith that something was coming. So you have faith that something's coming. You don't need to know what it is because you're not a vibrational match to it yet. And then it'll show up. And it always, always, always does. It has never not happened. Absolutely. And, you know, I, my, I discovered the whole boot camp scenario the same way. I met my book editor, Kat, and she introduced me to the person that taught us how to do courses. And, and I was very, uh, you know, I wasn't terribly up the spiral in my very first conversation. I went back into business mode, you know, where I'm skeptical and this person's trying to, you know, screw me over. And I, you know, I, I kind of fell back into that because she was a Wall Street person. Yeah. And, you know, I came from that publicly held company world. So I got what all that was about. And, it, and it's, it's a, it's a volatile vibration, you know, because it's super confident and super fear-based at the same time. So that, that, that velocity of vibration is happening. That's why Wall Street is, is exciting for a lot of people. Yes. And I remember thinking, well, I'm not going to do courses. You know, I'm going to write books and do workshops. That's what I want to do with my life. I still do. But the course, my intention was to really change people's lives. Right really change people's lives. Right. And one of my frustrations, and I'm going to get myself in trouble as I always do, one of my frustrations with the Abraham structure was that it seems like there was just a lot of people sitting in that hot seat, very frustrated with the teachings and not really getting it. And I understand that Esther's intentionality with Abraham is around sharing that message and it's beautiful and wonderful and changes people's lives. But I wanted to go further and deeper with people if they wanted to do that. And that was my intention. And I had no clue how I was going to do that just doing workshops. And then I, I realized when I got off the call about this boot camp that we both did, that this is, you know, it's almost like a stream came through and said, Hey, dumbass, this is the path lining up for you. Right. Exactly. Attention toward, and this is it. This is the tool for that. And I dove in and did it. And wow, you know, the, the, the results are amazing because you do change people's lives in these courses, especially these courses that are channeled such as ours it's a big life changer for people and it's so satisfying to do this. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a way to, to allow dollars to come in for sure. And you well, know, yeah, you said something that really hit it for me. And I tell everyone this now is that there are two ways that you receive information. One is passive and one is active. And so all the passive information, the books, this conversation, the podcast, the, the, the videos, the documentary, the workshops, all that stuff is passive. 
you need another level to integrate the information. You can get it intellectually. And that's what we see all these, me, myself, when I was following Abraham and still really love and appreciate Abraham, but I was getting stuck because I was passively and intellectually absorbing it, but not integrating it into my very being. And that's because there's, there needs to be an active process. You have to do work. You can't just look at something. You know, you could read a book about being a bonsai tree grower, but unless you spend five years watering that bonsai, you're never going to be a, a master bonsai maker. You're not going to integrate the knowledge of it. And so if you want to change your life, it's fine to superficially read information and absorb it that way and then to put the pieces together in your head and make certain vibrational shifts, but you see all these people stuck in the law of attraction. They get to a point and they, they understand it um, intellectually, but their belief system is based on all this process they did in school and growing up and, and applying all these limiting beliefs. They need actual tools to shift the momentum of that from a momentum of fear, which we were all programmed with, to a momentum of love, which we all intended to live. And the, our boot camps do that thing. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because, you know, I see, I see, like, the secret as this big balloon. And out of that balloon pops up Abraham, which has become a huge balloon also, attracting all these people, right? So, People come to the secret, then they go to Abraham, or people come now straight to Abraham, and now all these little balloons are coming out of that, more specific. The secret was super general and very uh, useful only in that it got people aware that there might be something else going on here. Yeah, it, it taught people that they create their own reality, and that was a huge shift. It didn't right. do well, but it, it did, a, you know, it, it's one of the best-selling books of all time. And yeah. now mainstream society on some level understands that they create their own. That's huge. Yeah. And then it gets more specific with Abraham. And so Abraham is, is while it's more specific than the secret, it's still quite general, attracts a lot of people. People can come from where they are into Abraham and make a connection, right? They're not, even though it's channeled, people aren't freaked out by it, right? Some people are, but a lot of people, millions and millions and millions. You know, Esther made channeling palatable for the masses, including me. Me too. You know, I was told I was a channel much like Abraham years ago, and it, I didn't even know what it was. And if I had encountered perhaps Jane Roberts channeling, which was right. very different, I, with my Christian upbringing, I don't know that I would have gotten past that. I, I'm like Esther in that that was seemed satanic to me, that, uh, you know, that was like horror movie stuff. I would have probably not gotten past my fear and Esther's channeling of Abraham in such a, with such ease, even when she had the thicker accent in the beginning, mm -hmm. uh, that just really resonated with me. Like, wow, this is really cool. It feels right. This channeling thing, I don't know what it is, but it feels great. And it's like stereo. This is a message I've been getting forever and she's speaking it. Oh my gosh. And I just took off from there and I love Esther for doing that. Yeah. Groundbreaking world changing stuff that people don't even, they, she'll be long gone before people really understand what she did. I think that's true of us too. You know, I have this feeling that, that these videos are going to be watched by, by generations in the future going, Oh my God, these guys knew what they were talking about back then, you know? Uh, so it's interesting. Yeah. Where this arc is taking all of us, but it's definitely this massive shift in collective consciousness 
consciousness from fear to love. Well, speaking of love, let's get going on our question. And I'll read, um, I'll read the question, then why don't you read the stream's answer, and then we'll go into Joshua's answer. Okay. Dear Joshua, I feel like I want to explore the expansion of my ability to love, but this desire has come after I'm already married. My desire includes the deep love I have for my husband, but, but allows for a deep, authentic connection with others in whatever way naturally unfolds. Unfortunately, my husband cannot understand. Is my desire a false desire? And uh, yeah, so, you know, if this was a natural world, we would love many people. We would probably be um, more inclined to um, polyamory, polyamorous relationships where you're, where you're, you have a connection to many people. And then on a romantic level, you have a connection to a smaller group, but there's not that fear involved yet. Of course, we still have this instinct to mate. So that's part of it. And to raise children and that sort of thing. So there's a bit of that at play. But generally speaking, we wouldn't be so defensive or so protective of our relationships because that's all based in fear. All right. Let's go ahead and see what the stream has to say. Certainly. And I have a lot to say on the topic myself, too, because of things that I'm going through uh, right now. So we'll, we'll yeah. That. And you and I will have very different perspectives on some of that, probably. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they'll all be rooted probably in, in universal truth. So, yeah. so Dream's answer is, is you all come to planet Earth with a desire for freedom and joy, the state that you exist in in your eter eternal completed state. Before you came, you understood that you would manifest in physical form and seek physical expressions of source, which you are part of. These are your preferences. You also understood that you would place and overcome obstacles in a polarized physical environment and that those obstacles would serve your expansion both as a human and eternally. So they're kind of just teeing up how they, you know, they sort of say that about everything. Yeah, how the system works. Yeah. Being a freedom-seeking being, from your high vibrational perspective, you seek love in many forms. Being an energetic vibrational being who is constantly evolving it is natural for your desires and your focus to constantly shift. You have the capacity to love infinitely and for the intensity in nature of that love to be in constant flux. It is not your nature to fall in love, quote unquote, and simply leave it at that. When we use the term fall in love, we are referring to a love that is discovered and evolves with greater intensity. This is often the nature of your romantic relationships. Right. Humanity has experienced a long period of what we call society building, where your leaders have taught you that you must pair off in opposite gender couples and commit to one another for life, for better or worse. This was designed to build a family unit and produce more humans. This lifetime pairing is not necessarily your nature as freedom-seeking beings. Two independent beings will not always vibe in compatibility. If it is your true nature to stay with another and live in joy, there is vibrational work required to do that, and both parties must participate. There is no judgment and no right or wrong, so this is truly your preference. You may also choose to love unconditionally and be in a full state of allowing of the other to shift and evolve as they do without a need for them to vibe with you. This is true allowing. Yeah, so this is an important thing. Um, 
you can be completely happy in any relationship as you look at the other person from a higher perspective and allow them to flow whatever they're flowing. Yet, if you are constrained by this idea that you have to be, you know, mated for life, that's going to bring in some, some questions in there, don't you think? Definitely. Well, you know, and, and I will tell you, I was having, a, I went and hung out with a friend of mine on the week over the weekend and, and I'm a gay man and he's another gay man and he's in a marriage. And it really made me sad because he said, I, sometimes I really hate being gay because it's just so much harder because they want children. And of course, when you're two gay men and you want children, you know, you're, you're either going through a lengthy, difficult adoption process or you're spending six figures to, you know, have a surrogate or whatever. And I just said, you know, that really makes me sad to hear that because I think being a gay man, being gay is one of the best things that could have ever happened to me because it really made me question everything early on when I lived in this small town in the South that was very steeped in Christianity and everybody was really living the lives that they were told to live. It instantaneously made me question from a very early age, which I think allowed me to open up to channeling and a lot of other things. And so I think it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Absolutely. And now as an adult gay man, I can tell you on the topic of love, you know, my first relationship was 19 years and it was very much more of a traditional gay relationship where, you know, there were two of us, we were in love, we, you know, planned to build this life together and it wasn't perfect. You know, that love and the, the sexual attraction and all of that stuff evolved and changed over time. And it ended up, you know, falling apart and we ended up sort of beating the hell out of each other vibrationally, not physically, and, and doing a lot of damage to one another, giving each other a lot of contrast in this long process because we were sticking it out, yeah. for better or worse, right? <laughs> well, that ended. And then I met somebody else uh, that was half my age. And I, I, you know, was really kind of into the stream at that point and really opened up about a lot, a lot of thoughts and ideas and just fell in love with this person and allowed myself to fall in love with this person, even though he was very, very young. And I knew that he was going to change and evolve in his 20s. Yeah. 20 years old when we met, which I knew was, you know, quote unquote, way too young for society. But I, there was something special. He's an old soul. He gets all of this naturally. It's just amazing. And he's gorgeous. That helped too. So we fell in love. But I, as an adult, a more mature person, I knew that, okay, this probably is going to evolve to something different. And sure enough, it did. You know, we were together for five years. Three of those years were glorious. The last two were kind of difficult. And when I finally allowed him to just go and, and, and be what he wants to be and not be tied to me anymore, now we do love each other, but we're not romantic anymore. And, you know, we got married and we're going to get a divorce and we're going to both be fine. And, and I love that I experienced that. And I hear all that. I'm so sorry it didn't work out. Well, don't be sorry. It was wonderful. Yeah. We were together and it was great. And now we're, we've moved on to a different phase and it's fine. I'm fine with him living his life and being free. And now I'm pursuing new interests. And I will tell you that now my focus, and I'm a relationship person. I like having some romantic relationships. You know, I don't want to just be the single guy that just plays the field all the time. And now I'm really evolving to a different place where I'm not looking for a monogamous relationship. I want to fall in love and, and build that in love bond with somebody and enjoy it as long as we both vibe that, whether it's for years or for life. 
but and there's no fear in any of it. And I, it's probably not going to be monogamous. And, you know, there's, a, I think gay people, because we have to question everything. We're a little further ahead in that. And, and I live in a very gay area here in Palm Springs, California, and there's a lot of open relationships here. And I will tell you some of the happiest couples I know are the ones that are open. They, they are, they allow each other to experience other people sexually, but, but a little beyond that. And, and, and the ones that really don't have the fear of you're going to meet somebody and leave me for them. They're very happy people. And then I know some other couples that are not open and they're miserable. And I'm looking at that thinking, gosh, you know, I'm getting, you know, the, the universe is sending me signs here that I'm ever evolving and it's time for me to really explore that. And I'm meeting people now. And when I meet people and go on dates, you know, that comes up within a couple of meetings that this is really what I'm looking for. And, and sometimes they're up for that. And sometimes they're not. And, and I'm very clear that it's, I'm not set in stone on anything, but this is the next thing that I want to explore with somebody is having that, that unshakable bond where there's no fear and, and we're allowed to experience other people on different levels. Because even in my, um, the, the promiscuity that I've gone through recently and in, in ending that relationship. And I have, I enjoy the connection. I don't enjoy just hooking up and, and, and having a, a sexual encounter and that being that that's not my vibe. I like having this, you know, let's talk and let's connect and let's, let's go deep, you know, emotionally for, even if it's just for a little period of time and that's okay. Yeah. And if you I look at, look at how, yeah, how that attitude is based in love, right? The attitude is that if I'm with someone, that I can exude love and acceptance and, main, and manage my own limiting beliefs and fears and allow them whatever experience they want, if they want it, you know, and not try to control how the relationship looks just to appease my fears. That would be the natural way to do it. And I think that more and more people are getting that way, especially younger people. Um, but if you look at how just being gay is, you like we're all born in the society that tries to con conform us all. And if you're gay, you can't be conformed. It's not possible, right? And throughout history, gay people have been forced to conform and eventually they couldn't be. And as soon as they became free, then the whole society changed. The whole fabric of the society changed saying, look, they don't have to conform and they're happy. We can, we don't have to conform to this, these institutions that make no sense on a vibrational level. We, we can stay together as long as we're together and we can allow each other to evolve. And then when that relationship is, run its course, we don't have to keep holding it together, you know, gripping onto things, threads, where it's obviously, it's evolved into something else. We can be happy for the other person and let everyone go and not have that fear that we're going to be abandoned and lonely the rest of our life. In fact, what's going to happen is you're going to feel more lonely in a relationship that's run its course, holding it together, because you're going to have the desire that you're suppressing in order to conform to society. And that desire is built within you that you cannot de deny. That is part of who you are. You are a freedom-seeking being, and you will have these thoughts, and you will, if you act on them, you'll feel guilty about it. If you hide them, you'll feel guilty about it. If you allow for the openness 
of conversation at least, then you can you know work these things out. Yeah, and you know it's interesting when you talked about uh, sort of being in that prison of, of being in a bad relationship. I know that feeling. You know, I, I in my first marriage, I lived like like that for years. In my second one, we had sort of a year, year and a half where it was just not what it used to be. And now I live alone, and, I, and overall, I like living alone. I like my meditation, my alone time. I'm able to write. I'm able to do what I want, and and not be you know having to worry about what somebody else is willing to do at that time. But there are times I work in my house most of the time. And there are times at the end of the day where I, I want to go interact with people in person and I'm lonely and I don't necessarily want to go out to some bar or something. And I just right. don't have any plans. And I have that feeling of loneliness that comes in and I catch myself because I don't want to go down and linger down the spiral with that. I think, Oh yeah, this loneliness doesn't feel nearly as bad as being with someone in that awkward tension that I'm stuck with. Right. That was the worst feeling to me is being in that situation where we're here because we're fearful. You know, I was fearful for, of giving away half my stuff. Right. 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 Like, wow. I've, you know, I've built all of this wealth and I've got all these beautiful things and these cars and this house and the, all this stuff. And I was so fearful of, well, I don't want to you know, break up because I'm going to give away half all this stuff. And that's when it hit me like, wait a minute. I'm not happy. So this stuff's not making me happy. So why in the hell am I hanging on to it? Exactly. And one of the happiest days was when we decided to split, liquidate everything. I moved from a 4,200 square foot luxury home in a gated community to a 640 square foot condo where I had to, I had to count how many you know glasses I could put in the cupboard because <laughs> it was so tiny. And I had to call down to just things that I loved, really loved. And that was it and existed in a fraction. I think my condo was about the size of the master suite in my former house. Right. I was so happy in that little condo, Gary. I was so happy. You know, I wasn't driving up in front of the big palatial house anymore. And I could care less. You know, I loved living in that little condo and, and being alone for that period was very good for me. Yeah. So I'll go on with uh, the rest of the, the streams uh, answer. Okay. So if your desire is to experience love on different levels with other beings, there is certainly no judgment from us. If this desire is born of a desire to love and be loved and experience other beings organically, you are simply in a state of allowing yourself to be a free vibrational being. If your desire were to experience new love and an attitude of lack, because you are not loving yourself or needing something from someone else to make you happy, we would call this what you're saying, a false desire because it is rooted in fear. We are not feeling that in the vibration of your question. Right. We guide you to your true desires and to communicate those to your husband without fear. Any lack of trust would be rooted in his own fear, and it is your preference regarding how to deal with that. We guide you to be allowing of his contrast, not to let that stand in the way of your true desires if you wish to be joyous. We guide you to set a positive intention around this for the best possible evolution of circumstances that serve your highest good and of those of those who you love. Allow the universe to deliver a magical unfolding based on your intention and high vibration. And of course, that's the answer to everything always is to set a positive intention, have a high vibration about it, not need, in this case, the husband to necessarily change. And if this is contrast for him, allowing him to experience his contrast, but it's your decision and your preference whether you want to alter your desires to fit his expectations, because then you're going to be delivering your own contrast. And how about this? The, you might have that inspiration to have that conversation, 
and yet you feel fear for how he might react. And so you stop yourself from acting the inspiration, but you have no idea. He might be not telling you the same thing. Who knows? You know, if you have that desire, you got to realize that somehow that's, that's connected to your inner self. Your inner self has a higher perspective than you. And it's your fears are just limiting you from expressing how you truly feel. This is true of any situation. You are placing thoughts in other people's heads of how they might react. And maybe they will, but unless you, unless you, you know, broach the conversation, you're never going to know. Yeah, and it is about releasing fear because there may, and I'm not saying there is, there may be something active in her too where she says, well, I want to go and I want to be able to just have these different types of relationships in love. And she's thinking love. And if she opens up that conversation with him, she may be opening Pandora's box because as a man and the way we're wired, he may be thinking, okay, you're going to go do all that. Well, great. Guess what I'm going to do? You know, I'm going to go, you know, have this sexual encounter and that sexual encounter because a lot of times we get that, the whole love and sex thing, you know, because we're taught that they're supposed to be intertwined, that you're not supposed to have sex unless you're in love. We get those really commingled. And I have come to really understand that they are two different things that you can, you know, I, I hope that if you're having a physical encounter with someone that they're, that, that is rooted in, in, in love, even if that love is just for that temporary one-time encounter that you care about that person and you're one to experience something with them. But you know, there's this idea that, okay, now we've done this and now we've got to be together forever and mm-hmm. we've got to be committed. And what's the next step? And, you know, it's not necessarily that way. I've had some very high vibrational, joyous experiences that were rooted in a sort in, in, in love that were temporary, very sure. temporary, one-time experiences. And, and I love that I did that and allowed myself to kind of flow through that. And it, it was a very positive thing. And, yeah. and I, I'm getting to understand that, you know, this is very much as we are. If you remove fear and all the rules and all the judgment, why would we not be that way? You know, if you want to act on something and the other person, you're both in high vibration, why would you not do that? Yeah. The only reason you wouldn't is out of some sort of fear. Um, I have a woman in Finland who's in the boot camp now. And so she was talking about her spouse. And I said, how long have you been married? And she says, oh, we're not married. You know, marriage is an outdated idea. No one's married in Finland. You know, none of the younger people are married. You don't get married here. You Maybe if you have kids or something, you might get married. But, but we have these relationships that exist as long as they exist. And there's no contract to it other than how we're feeling right now. And so we can allow this more free flow of energy without requiring a separation of assets or some kind of thing like yeah, that. Yeah, well, think about it. Who is the government to tell you how, how to live your life? Or the church. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, it's all the same thing, right? I mean, yeah. governments are all born of religion. Right. They're trying to control the masses. And, you know, there's contrast there. That did a lot of good for humanity's expansion. But now we are ascending to a higher level collectively, as you say, and we're coming together like never before in, in our ability to communicate. And we're getting that we don't need anyone to tell us. We, we innately know what is right and what is wrong. And when we remove, remove fear and all of this fear-based crap that we're taught, we know right from wrong. We know not to hurt one another. We're not, you know, all, all harm comes from fear. Right. So if we're knowing, if we're not in a state of fear, we're not hurting one another and there's no need 
for me to go to the government and say, hey, I want you to put your stamp of approval on my relationship. Right. The reason to do it, especially as a gay man, is so that, you know, if you build a life with someone, your, your, your assets are protected. You know, that person doesn't die. Their family comes in and kicks you out of your own house. You know, that happened a lot. Yeah. In relationships. When there or was if you're, you know, if you're the one who's going to make the decisions at the end of death and, and right. long-term care sort of things, you know, you want your partner to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not saying that I won't get married again and I'm not yeah. saying I will. Yeah. I'm saying I, I wish, you know, in a, in a fear-free world, uh, well, in a fear-free world, we wouldn't need any of it, but I would love to see you know, people really move away from that idea of marriage as it stands and just move into more of a, you know, I think it's easier to unwind that than business arrangements. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm just going to set a positive intention for the best thing. And if that is getting married again, you know, for me, it'll be a third time if, if I meet somebody and, and get married again. And, you know, at 51, I feel like I have a lot of life ahead of me still. And I want to enjoy that with someone. Yeah, absolutely. It's not going to be, I, I don't think it's going to be monogamous, though, because I think you're setting yourself up for failure if you don't allow yourselves to communicate freely and, and, and evolve together and understand that that person's not always going to be at the same vibration. You know, that's the only way to have a successful relationship to me is, is to, to allow each other's independent expansion. Right. Okay, let's go on to Joshua's answer here. <clears throat> the exploration of love is the expression of acceptance. To cultivate love, you simply accept yourself as you are, accept all others as they are, and accept the conditions as perfect. There is nothing more to it than that. If you would like to experience love, simply cultivate the feeling of acceptance. Give up the habit of wishing for people and things to be different than they are. Accept yourself fully in each moment. Find something to love about everyone and everything in your life. See yourself from a higher perspective. See yourself as perfect as you are. In practicing these ideas, you are emitting love. You did not come here to be loved. You came here to express your love. And so this is like the stream, setting up the system here. Understanding that, that this feeling of love that you're seeking has to be cultivated first. And, and the idea that you need more love than you're receiving will always be based in this perception of lack, that you lack this feeling you think you should be having. So let's go on and see what they say here. The truth is that you're perfect. Everyone else is also perfect, and the conditions that exist in the moment are perfect as they are. The illusion that you are imperfect, that others can be wrong, and that the conditions should be different. That's the illusion. The illusion makes you believe that if you were different, you'd feel better. The false premise is that if others were different than they are, you'd feel better. The fallacy is that if the conditions must be better for you to feel better. This is all based in fear. It is the fear that you are not enough, and if you were more, then you could finally feel good and be happy. The fact is that how you perceive everything in your life creates the life you are experiencing. You need not change a thing in order to be happy other than your perception of reality. The life, the life you live is created by you. Your perception of yourself is created by you. Your limitations are all self-imposed. You have control over it all because you have the ability to perceive anything in any way you choose. You may have been unaware of this ability in the past. You might assume that your limiting beliefs are true and are set in stone. This idea is also false. In reality, your beliefs are either empowering or limiting, not true or false. You have the absolute ability to re reduce the intensity of limiting beliefs and increase the intensity of 
beneficial beliefs. This is your power to create the life you prefer. So Josh was talking about this broad stroke of, of not having to change conditions, not having to go to her husband, not having to act out of fear or an urge to change the conditions, not, not you know, perceiving that things have to be different than they are. Allowing the universe to create the perfect conditions by giving up resistance to what is. The fact remains that how you perceive your reality determines how you explore who you are as an aspect of source. You are a magnificent and limitless being of pure positive love and acceptance. This is true of you and all the people in your life. You have difficulty seeing this. You are fooled by the illusion of imperfection. Since you perceive yourself and others from a limited perspective based in fear, you cannot yet see the perfection that exists. You are living in fear, in the fear that you are flawed. You are trying to control yourself, other people, and the conditions. This sense of control leads you to believe that by manipulating your conditions, you can create conditions that result in an improved life experience. Unfortunately, since this idea is based in fear rather than love, it cannot and will not ever work. The design of the system is based in love. It is perfect just as you are. You too are based in love. When you operate your life from a position of fear, you will go against the grain of the system. The only way to create the life you prefer is to fully align with the system that exists. Until you do that, you cannot fully love yourself or anyone else. So again, the idea here is to completely accept yourself see yourself from a higher perspective, understand there's nothing wrong going on here, and you'll be guided to the expression of love that you're seeking. But you have to, to create that vibration of love first. And, you know, this is how I was. When I was in my marriage, you know, this, we, we had over, the, over the, the, you know, the couple years at the end there, really focus in our own things. My wife was really focused in her furniture store, and I was really focused in Joshua and traveling a lot with Joshua's stuff too. And we would only see each other at night. We'd have dinner. You know, she goes to bed earlier than I do, and I would be left there alone. And I had, you know, I was accepting of that whole thing. And I was saying, I don't need to change how this is. I know it will naturally evolve. And literally, Step by step by step, as our, I started appreciating myself and understanding that everything was perfect as it is, I had these experiences. People came and said something to me. Um, I had, you know, one thing led to another thing, led to another thing, led to another thing. I got really inspired to buy this house in North Carolina and then realized that this is where I wanted to live. That just led to the end of that relationship, opening up the next chapter in both our lives. We left on absolutely brilliant terms. We split everything down the middle. Um, we talk all the time. We're still connected to each other. And yet it was, it was really the magical way for it to move forward. Now that's just what naturally happened for me. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen for everyone else, but getting to that basis of love and acceptance, things will just naturally unfold. You'll receive inspiration. You'll receive conversations. You'll receive ideas. Things will happen. Um, you know, I don't want to get too much into it, but just these amazing synchronicity, synchronistic 
experiences happened over a course of two years that led me from one perception to another perception, that led me out of this fear of ending a relationship. And it all worked out in the most magical way it could have. All right, here's the last paragraph. Adopt a new approach to life of absolute acceptance. Practice acceptance. Look at everyone, everything, and especially yourself from the higher perspective. You are perfect. You might expand through experience, but you will never be more perfect than you are in this moment. If you can see and accept yourself as you are, you will move from fear to love. You will begin to align with the system. Your life will feel better to you. It's the better feeling you seek, not a change in reality. However, as you begin to feel better by cultivating acceptance, your reality will reflect this new approach to life. You will start receiving everything you truly want. And that last sentence there, what you truly want, are these intentions you set prior to your birth, those true feelings of abundance and freedom and joy and love and acceptance and, and that sort of thing. If you got those things, you wouldn't care about anything else. That's what you well, want. Learning to love yourself. Yeah. And so often, you know, we, we don't love, we're taught not to love ourselves. First of all, we're taught to put others first. And a lot of times just, you know, the, the way we're raised, we don't feel worthy and we're, we're seeking someone else to complete us. We're looking right. for our soulmate, our twin flame. Where's that one person that completes me? And you, that automatically places so much pressure on a new relationship. And it's funny because I meet these people and I get very comfortable with people, probably because I'm intuitive. I get very comfortable with people very fast. If I like them. It's like I've known them forever within five minutes. And I, I just speak that way and it freaks people out sometimes because I'm so comfortable with them. And if I want to hang out with somebody, I'll say, hey, let's hang out tomorrow night or something like that. And of course, in dating, it's like, oh, no, 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 too fast. Wait, wait, wait. And so I kind of die right in now and just say, hey, you know, I always say what I'm thinking. I go for what I want. That doesn't mean that I'm trying to lock you down or push myself into your life or anything like that. Just know that, you know, I'm a little different than a lot of people that you meet, but, uh, you know, just being allowing it. And they're either cool with that or they're not. And if they're not, they're probably not going to like being around me. Yeah. Because you know me, I'm an open book. I talk about anything and everything all the time. And it's like we're old friends instantaneously. And not everybody's up to speed with that because, and it's all rooted in fear. Oh my gosh, this person's moving too fast. Oh my gosh, this person is, is too open and honest. Oh my gosh, I need to put these walls up and these roadblocks up because fear. Right. It's always rooted in fear. And so, you know, the, the, I think the, the answers, of course, between Joshua and the stream are always rooted in the same place and complementary and perfection as they were today. And, you know, just the idea of, you know, love yourself first, place yourself in that high vibration and know that everything's going to work out. Know that whatever's going to evolve with your husband is, is going to be perfection and that these other relationships that you're desiring will flow in and you're allowing of them. And if you continue to allow them and don't beat yourself up when you discover one, that's maybe a little different than what you've done in the past because we do that. We get fearful. and Oh, wait, I feel guilty now. I'm my husband, uh, you know, that that's, that's where you start to go down the spiral on it and just be in that, that state of high vibrational allowing, knowing that it's all going to work out. And I'll tell you that, you know, my boot camp, we've had more divorces come out of my boot camp than we've had marriages. I was going to say the same thing. It's yeah, like, it's not because it, it tears your life apart. It yeah. enhances and improves and raises your vibration. Yeah. And what happens is, is that when your vibration goes up and you're loving yourself more, if your partner doesn't feel that way about you, you're going to organically disconnect. 
Yeah. And that's not a bad thing at all. And the people that are divorced are getting divorced from it are so joyous. And, and they are some of the easiest divorces I've heard about like my own and like yours, yeah. where it's, you know, who, who did the phrase, uh, what's her name, Gwyneth Paltrow, conscious uncoupling. Yeah. That's, that's true. A conscious uncoupling. If you can do that, that's the best way to do it because you stay friends. There's no fear. You're not fearful of giving anything up. That's why people fight in divorce because you're fighting, jockeying for, I want more property. I want more whatever. And you're going to take this and you cheated on me and you did this. And you, if you take all the fear out of all of that stuff, Go, love, go. I love you enough to set you free. Go live your life. Let's be friends. Let's evolve to a different place in our relationship. I'm going to do the same. And life is just going to continue to unfold and be this magical journey. And it can be. Yeah. And, and here's the idea here. By completely accepting yourself as you are, as perfect, and not saying, oh, I'm having these thoughts, so I must be wrong. I must be flawed. You know, I got to control myself. That idea of controlling yourself is also based in fear. Totally accepting your mate as that person is allows this whole thing to evolve as it will. It allows the universe to do the work. You don't have to get involved. It will all work out. But if you start acting out of urges to control conditions, acting out of fear, you're just going to make add conflict and fear into the relationship where it doesn't need to be there. And of course, the other person is going to feel their fear and they're going to react to urges to control the conditions. And you're going to be the condition they want to control because from their perspective, they see you as a subject of their fear. And so they want you to stop being how you're being so they don't feel fear rather than processing their own limiting beliefs. But if you don't react to that, if you can look at it from a higher perspective and add love to it, then those conflicts are diminished and things will start to work itself out. Whether that is a more intense love in that relationship or whether it's a, the end of the relationship, it doesn't matter. I, I had, well, I don't want to go into it, but you know, I've got these theories on relationships that if we had this approach where relationships should only last a year, and if you wanted to go longer than a year, you know, you had to jump through hoops to make that happen. You, you got to renegotiate every year. Right, you know? If you had to go through a divorce process to stay married, you know, every year to, or go through another wedding, you know, every year, you know, then it would be sort of like, okay, are we really into this still? Are we really still? And sure, you may be for several years and it may absolutely be, but if it's not, it's not. And it's not bad if it's not. Just because. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe anniversary should be, hey, let's check in and see where we are. Yeah. Anniversary instead of let's automatically go out to dinner and feel the pressure to have this perfect evening to celebrate, you know, our love. Let's celebrate yeah. way by being honest with each other and regrouping and say, okay, where are we now? Yeah. Like take some kind of, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Yeah. It's such a, you know, this subject for so many people is so contentious that if, you know, a lot of people use the law of attraction to hold on to that relationship to make sure their mate doesn't leave them. I'm going to think good thoughts about my mate in, so that he won't leave me or she won't leave me, right? So I'm using the law of attraction to control my thoughts, to control my reality, to keep what I have here because I'm so afraid of being alone. And, you know, if you get into that 
you know, that's just a normal victim mentality that you perceive that your reality is created by some force outside of you and not by you yourself. And that you need someone else to make you whole. The worst thing Tom Cruise ever said was, you complete me. You know, no, you're complete. <laughs> the other person can compliment you. Yeah, you compliment me for now, right? That'd be the, yeah. But, you know, this is a higher level idea. idea. I'm, you know, don't expect everyone to jump on board with this right away. But just the notion that you're taken care of. You don't have to rely on someone else. You're not going to be lonely. You can go through a series of relationships or one, whatever you want. But if you have a fear that you're going to be, you know, lonely or abandoned or whatever it is, you're going to add that to your vibration. And that's just going to cause you to feel more fear when something your mate does triggers you. You're going to dip into a low emotional state of being receive urges to change the condition and ask that person to be different than they are. That's just adding fuel to the fire of fear. Yeah. And fear, you know, fear, fear is the root of all evil and yeah. And in all contrast, really, I mean, we're, and we're here for contrast. I understand that, but releasing fear really opens your life up on so many fronts. And, and that's the biggest thing that the stream teaches. And I'm sure Joshua too is, is finding your path out of fear on every single topic because that takes you right up the spiral. And we always say, you know, if you're ever conflicted about making a decision, you don't know what your preference is, remove fear. Right. And when you remove fear, you get your clarity. And what would you do if there was no fear? Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've lived my life like that now for a while and it's so radically different radically. and so satisfying. And every, every turn, you know, it, it just, everything always does work out when you remove fear, you're yeah. just prolonging your contrast when you allow yourself to get dragged down by fear. That's a super, most important point is that what happens is if you have a limiting belief, the universe is going to show you that limiting belief by some event we call manifestation event. That manifestation event, you're going to perceive it based on this limiting belief and you're going to activate fear. If you don't do anything to process those limiting beliefs, those limiting beliefs are going to grow in momentum. They're going to, the roots are going to dig deeper. And as you go through life, you're going to be living in more and more and more fear. And that's going to cause you to withdraw from everything because you will be afraid of the negative emotion and the fear that seems to erupt all the time. And so, you could see this with older people. If they have, and most of them, have not dealt with their limiting beliefs, they live smaller and quieter lives in desperation, even afraid of dying. What the stream is doing, what Joshua is doing in our boot camps is showing you how to change the course of that momentum of fear and create a momentum of love. And this will radically, radically change your experience of life. All right, David, we got to wrap this up. How can people find you? Uh, the best place to find me is the streamofdavid.com. Uh, that is my website and the hub for everything. It's under construction at the moment, so it's shifting and changing and improving and evolving all the time. I also have all of my social media feeds under the homepage of that website, which is really cool. You can scroll down and see everything that we're posting everywhere. So the streamofdavid.com and also my Facebook group, Law of Attraction 2.0. Next level action, the stuff that we teach. That, that group is all about that. Very good. If you're um, 
not connected with Joshua yet on Facebook. It's Friends of Joshua. Uh, it's a Facebook group. It's the uh, teachingsofjoshua.com. And if you want to hear more about the Joshua's boot camp, just send an email to joshuateachings at gmail.com. If you want to hear about the streams boot camp, David at the stream of david.com. Excellent. All right, everyone, thank you for being here. And thank you, David, for being here. And we'll talk to you all again soon. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us on the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable. Remember, you are loved more than you can imagine by more than you could ever count. We'll see you next week.